Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Oh. Oh. Guess I'm just a good man. Oh. Well, I'm all right. You are not Captain Kirk. You do not belong in charge of the Enterprise and I shall do everything in my power against you. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with you understand who's in command here. Frequently appalled by the low regard you Earthmen have for life. Welcome to another episode of uh, SFP Now. Um, this is probably going to be our final episode on Nibsyn, um because we are moving uh, the whole operation over to um, 365 Live um, in, in, in the next few weeks. Um, our interview today is with uh, Sashin Sahau, who's um, um, one of the more prominent cast members of the uh, new CW series for 100. But joining me first, before all that, to go over some news, uh, and he's very excited, is my good friend Patrick Hayes. How you doing, Pat? Pretty good. How you doing, Ian? I'm good. I'm good. Did you like that intro? I like that intro. That was nicely yeah. done. Yeah, I, I, I liked that intro, too. I thought it wasn't bad, considering I got, I got a cat soaking wet, that song. I, you know, nicking himself <laughs> on my knee. And, you know, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, so like news... And now, Last Week in News. There's a lot of stuff happened in the last week, um, and I'm pretty sure you want to talk about the Star Wars. Yep, Star Wars is all over the place. It seems like there's a brand new story every single day. Um, We got the cast got announced, finally. Mm -hmm. And they had a picture come out, and everybody's playing devil's advocate with the picture. Uh, probably the most frightening thing was it looked like they let they they've been keeping Kenny Baker in a box this whole time in that poor R two uh, picture. A um, couple of cast members there pretty happy to see one of them. Besides the big three, um, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, really happy to see Max von Sydow as part of the cast. Oh yeah, I mean Max von Sydow, legendary. You know. Oh yeah, that he guy's can... played Jesus. Oh yeah, and and Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon. No matter what you think of that movie, you've got to love him in that role. Yeah, and um, you know he's got he's, you know he was in that famous King of Kings film as Jesus. Where John Wayne, you know, witnesses guy throw the spear, and yeah. he goes, "Truly, that is the Son of God." Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, the cast got announced, and matter of fact, even today, just a couple hours ago, I can't believe they're doing this. They're actually doing a free for all. They're soliciting for people 
who want to be extras in the new Star Wars movie. So if anybody's close to Pinewood Studios or can make it to England, you want to do, you want to get online and fill it out now. I mean, that's that's you know that's what they did with the uh, with Star Trek the motion picture. I know, and this is to me this is insane. I mean, in a way, it's better that they're doing it in England because if it were in America, it would look worse than somebody lining up for American Idol. Um, the, <laughs> the lines would be out the door. I mean, no one would attend Comic Con if they were doing it in America. Yeah, I mean, and and um, you know it's crazy because we you know you had the uh, Big Bang Theory Star Wars uh, episode on on the first last week, and not I, I didn't see it myself. But. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. There is every possible Star Wars joke you can think of during the episode. Mm. Well, we've not aired it here yet, but the last one I aired here was the one where uh, Sheldon gets to hang out with James Earl Jones. Which was oh, that's right, yeah. Which was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, James Earl Jones was quite the player in that episode. He was up for anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> play knock and run with uh, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, me. Oh, that was just cracking. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see the Star Wars episode. Um, you know, when 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 it airs. But yeah, what, what do you think? What do you think of the casting? You know, with the exception of the um, of, um, of 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 the original cast members returning and Mass von Sydow, who we know is going to be a winner. Right. I'm pretty glad they're going with fairly unknown actors. I mean, outside of um, a little bit of niche TV, they're really keeping low on this, which I think is a good idea. Nobody's got any you know, big baggage going into this. And it, it sounds like a pretty good cast. I know they're still waiting to announce one more female character. Um, who that will be, I don't know. And who she'll play, I don't know. But um, they're waiting on one more actress. But I'm, I'm pretty upbeat. I mean, the only actor I'm familiar with um, was the lead from Attack the Block. I can't remember his name at the moment. Yeah, I, I, um, I haven't seen Attack the Block, so I've not really seen him in anything. Um, oh, he's that's a great, great low budget science fiction movie. It's a, it's a lot of fun. But um, it's kind of like um, to me, it is reminiscent of the original Star Wars movie. As in, you know, you have one big name in Max von Sydow in the original Star Wars movie. You have you had two big names in that cast. You had uh, Alec Guinness and you had P you had Peter Cushing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't really know how well known James Earl Jones was back then. I think, you know, I think he was relatively hot off having done Roots, The Next Generation or something. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure how, how much he'd done in television or film back then. Uh, and you know, and in the UK, we're all we're all familiar with uh, Dave Prowers, right? Because he was the Green Cross Code Man. He used to do the road safety adverts, and he was in a lot of Hammer horror movies, uh, right? Playing Frankenstein and stuff like that. Um, but back then, I don't think I think I think it was the same deal as you're saying. Um, you know, Carrie Fisher had only done really the uh, the one movie and Hairspray, yeah, and the other Not movies, Hairspray and um, oh geez, Shampoo. Shampoo. And Shampoo, the, yeah. And the other movies she had done had been as a child actress um, with right. her mum. And um, Mark Hamill, as far as I know, had only really done a, you know, a small amount of television. Um, right. I've seen an episode of uh, Streets of San Francisco with him in. Right. And Harrison Ford's career was kind of on the skids. He was, he was actually, he, the action came along at the time he was contemplating quitting the acting game. Right, his his biggest role had been in uh, American Graffiti, and it wasn't very big at all. Yeah, so it's kind of like um, you know, I think it's kind of cool that they're using unknown actors this time because so like one of my biggest problems with the 
prequel trilogy, apart from it being shite, <laughs> um, was the fact that you, you know, you had Ewan McGregor, who at that point in time had pretty much been in everything in in terms of UK cinema. Right, and um, I think he, he, I think he kind of made his work himself, um, you know, fairly well known in the states as well. Right, train spotting, you know, and you know, you also had, um, you know, um, um, Natalie Portman. She was the only, she was the only unknown really in that. Right, she's not really done much. Right, um, but but the rest of them were well known stars. You know, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, right, Liam Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, but then again, you know, Liam Neeson really. Um, I justify that by saying, well, he he was just doing the Yannick Guinness bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was, <laughs> and and that's pretty much what he did. It was the Yannick Guinness bit. You know, one film dies. Right. Um. And but the rest of them were fairly well known. Yeah. And 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 that's and that that to me was sort of like uh, you know was was one 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 of my one of my gripes with it. So I'm quite excited to see what these new actors do. And I'm also I'm also kind of a. Um, nervous and kind of trying to avoid watching anything that they've done going into the film because <laughs> i'm right there with you i'm i'm afraid even to look on the internet every day there's like a picture or some video snippet i'm like i can't look at it i don't want to ruin it before the movie mm-hmm. so I, I i'm i'm a bit wary about going you know looking at anything they've done right prior to yeah. seeing the film uh, like you say um, very quick uh, thing. What 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 are your feelings um, in short about them um, not using the expanded universe? Well, I'm uh, as somebody who's been following this whole thing since it first started um, when I was in fourth grade, really dating myself there. I feel um, ripped off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm kind of okay with it. I mean, I'm really going to miss... The, if the one thing that upsets me the most is is that we, we're not going to get to see um, Luke Skywalker's wife, Mara Jade. I really wanted Luke to have a wife and it to be a fellow, a fellow Jedi. Mara would have been great, but we're not going to get that, sadly. Um, it kind of reminds me of when um, Star Trek got rebooted. I mean, I'm a big Star Trek fan as well. And when Paramount basically said, okay, everything from uh, the original series through Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, it all never happened. I I was stunned. I mean, I was angry. So I can definitely understand what Star Wars fans are feeling right now because I'm feeling a little bit of it too. But that Star Trek reboot in 2009 from J.J. was really good and it calmed me down and I'm feeling okay with it. So I'm happy it's J.J. doing the Star Wars reboot as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we just I'd love to see to... some of those characters, but but I, I realize it can't it can't happen. It's just going to be too confining for the movies. I think we just have to try and forget about um, Into Darkness as well. Yeah, see, I, I still haven't seen that movie since the theater. It just it hurts so much the last mm-hmm. hour. Or you know, yeah, I think um, you know, I'm I'm kind I'm kind of quietly optimistic, and it's not as if they're abandoning the entire expanded universe either, because basically anything that took place as thinner between A New Hope and Empire and Empire and Return of the Jedi is still is still is still is still a part of. Yeah. And anything that took place, you know, before um, A New Hope and um, and between the um, Clone Wars and all that. Is still part of, and anything that took place uh, thousands of years before the Clone Wars, which right. you know, which we've got, is still a part of. It's just, it's just uh, everything that's post Return Jedi, as far as I understand it. Right now, see, I'm thinking though, Disney's going to be real smart because Paramount did the same thing. 
Once um, Star Trek got rebooted in 2009, they're still producing. Matter of fact, I saw one um, in the bookstore this weekend. They're putting out new original adventures with the original cast of Shatner and Nimoy and DeForest Kelly. So they're still continuing the adventures that way. They may not be that way on TV or in the movies. So I'm betting Disney, because Lord knows they love the dollar. They're gonna they're they're playing low right now. They're waiting for the movie. But I'm betting after the movie comes out, we're gonna see some other things appear that will tie into this past expanded universe. So I don't think they're gonna shut the door, not when there's an opportunity to make some money, because that'd be a really bad business decision. Well, I think they've already pretty much said that they're not shutting the door on it. Um, you know, they said that you know any book, you know, or, or the um, or the a e you know the expanded universe stuff is going to be re-released under the new label of Star Wars Legends. Right. And I feel the same thing about the comic books. I know Dark Horse is um, sadly um, losing that license, but when uh, Marvel takes it over, Marvel did a pretty good job with it when they had it originally, because they had it first. So I'm betting Marvel's going to be playing around in the past as well. Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, it's... um... It's it's all good stuff. So, do you have any news? Any other news you'd like to talk about? Because um, I don't want to talk too much about Star Wars because obviously uh, the thing that we're talking about doing in a couple of weeks' time, we can, we right. can sort of cover a hang of a lot more of them. Um, yeah, a news story did come out today. Um, even though the series hasn't come on television yet and won't be on for a couple months. Um, the TV series Gotham has just gotten picked up for a full season by Fox. Holy cow! Yeah, it hasn't hasn't filmed one episode yet, and they've already said we're committed for a full year. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I think they're looking to compete with the CW since the CW is having tremendous um, a tremendous hit with uh, Arrow, and um, they've got the Flash spinoff coming in. I think Fox wants to get a piece of that uh, DC pie as well. Mm-hmm. So Gotham is going to be a pretty big series. Well, you know, all I can say is Fox better, um, you know, look after it better than they looked after being almost human. Yeah, that was that was a shame. You know, that that, that was that was shambolic. Um, yeah. But the you know the, the you know we're talking about Batman. I tell you, I've been I've actually been watching uh, on Amazon Beware the Batman the animated series that they did last year. Oh, what do you think of that? I love it. It's brilliant. Yeah. I love what they did to Alfred. I like the way they made Alfred more kick-ass and, you know, ne- ne- have, he has less of a plum in his mouth. He's more so like, you know, what's <laughs> military and, and stuff like that. And I love the character of Katana and, uh, and, and stuff oh, yeah. like that. And, you know, I'm up, I'm up as far as about episode 13 when they, and they just sort of like reintroduced Race Al Ghul. Right. So I, I'm sort of like, um, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's a cracking series and I, I hope they make another season of it. Yeah, DC seems to have really good luck with their um, with their animated series and um, even their movies. I mean, they they do really nice one offs. So I'm I'm hoping they get they get inspired and do some more. Mm. And uh, talk about movies, uh, it comes out uh, not tomorrow but the day after on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, I purchased this last week on PlayStation Four Network and uh, and I even reviewed it. But I watched the uh, Son of Batman. Oh, what'd you think of that? I kind I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It was fairly entertaining. Um, I wanted to kill Robin still, <laughs> um, but I felt I felt the cha- the 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 actor that was voicing Damien he did a really good job. But you know, like in the comic adaptation of it, you know, I should imagine like he was in the comic adaptation of it. He was pretty much brattish all the way through. Right, that's the way he should be, sadly. <laughs> and you know, but there were moments of levity in it. You know, I thought, I thought, I thought there was a little clip between you know Damien and um, 
and Robin's new 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 vigilante here, you know, character is it Nightwing? Yes. There's a little little bit between him and Nightwing, which is quite funny. Right. When Nightwing just kick you know kicks kicks the stuffing out of him, and, and as he should, and and uh, hangs him up. As he should. Thing. <laughs> and uh, you know there there was a little bit of a. Uh, humor going back and forth between the two, you know, in in that scene and and, and after it sort of thing. But I, I quite enjoyed it. it. Was um, it was it was pretty good. Um, uh, I think Moraine Baccaran did the voice of um of, of is it Katia Algu? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, I think Moraine Baccaran did the voice of Katia Algu, and and she did a pretty good job. And um, it was a uh, Jason O'Meara. Um, so. he, he 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 was in the uh, American version of Ashes of of uh, Life on Mars that did oh, the right. voice of Batman. Yeah, and um, he did a pretty respectable job as well. I I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, they they do a really good job. I mean, the DC movies are really good overall. But it's not as good as Batman Year One, which for me is the best one they've done. <laughs> you know, so um, that that's that's kind of like uh, my measuring guide is Batman Year One. Right. <laughs> the Batman stuff, because I just think that 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 just rocked. <laughs> So I'm I'm kind of looking, um, you know, knitting down 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 the news. Uh, well, I got a, I got another one. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard about the hullabaloo, hullabaloo? Pardon me, with Brian Singer currently. Oh, um, yeah, he's a he's be, he's being accused of sexual harassment or something. He got hit with a second one today. Yeah, I I heard about that and I thought, damn. You know, if only I was that sexy. <laughs> Sorry, that was sick. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 got it's got Hollywood really watching to see what happens with the X Men because that's a big movie coming out, and he has dropped out of appearing at any press releases or any Q and As, um, which which is understandable. I mean, he's been accused of such a heinous crime. But um, it's it could have an impact on the movie box office. It, it could. I mean, it's like um, you know, um, sexual harassment and sexual abuse um, right now. So like pretty big. It's a pretty big theme here in England as well because you know we had a well-known TV personality died a few years back. Right. Um, and basically, after he died, um, you know, loads and loads of um, stories came forth. About you know him having sexually abused and molested children, right? And the I children started giving testimony. Well, you know the the offshoot of it is is the police in this country and and the government they they've sort of like not they've launched this massive big sting operation, and a lot of celebrities have been stung by it. But right. this week um, is the biggest story in in that in that Matt Clifford, who was a well known he was a well known publicist in 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 the UK and. Um, and and he was sort of like uh, renowned for selling newspapers, kiss and tell stories, and stuff like that. Um, he he's he's gone down for eight years for eight oh counts gosh. for eight counts of sexual sexual abuse. Oh my god! Uh, which are all verging on rape. So it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a big thing in the news right now, and um, you know, which makes it even more understandable why Brian Singer dropped out of sight. Yeah. So you know, not it's not only gonna, it not only could affect the uh, people going to see it in the states. It could could be just could have could affect um, the the box office um, slightly Worldwide. more here. Yeah. You know, with with the amount of uh, feeling out there uh, with regards to. Uh, you know, to 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 sex crimes of that nature. Right. Yeah. So it's a it's, it's a big thing. I've got a 
You know, I got a I got an interesting uh, middle um, story. Um, Mufarino has, has has come out and claimed once again that there's going to be a standalone Hulk movie after Avengers: Age of Ultron. I could see it happening quite easily. Yeah, so so can I. I mean, it's it's kind of obvious it's going to happen anyway because they've got Mark Ruffalo uh, tied into a multi-film contract deal with them. Right, and, and his version of the Hulk has been the most popular so far. Yeah, and 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 I think he should get a movie, and um, I think they should get the best writers on that movie as well. Right, and um, and trying, you know, and I think the reason that Mark Ruffalo's uh, take on it is so popular is because. It's kind. Of, it's kind of gotten back to the sort of like very humane uh, element of Bruce Banner that 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 we only ever really seen in in David Banner in the seventies and eighties TV series. Right, right. He's a lot more relatable than um than the Eric Banner version. That's for sure. And and even the Edward Norton version. You know, yeah. I, I never really bought Edward Norton as a scientist, to be honest. I didn't either. You know, <laughs> um, you know whereas um, when, when he was in that um, American History X and kicking people's heads in, that's when I bought Edward Norton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, I, I kind of bought him for that, you know, that kind of more edgier sort of role. Right. You know, and um, and when I seen him in when I seen him in the Hulk and watched him in the Hulk, I was kind of like thinking, well, he doesn't need to turn green or or put on loads of muscle, you know, or do, do any of that. All he needs to do is just pull out his American History X performance. Oh, jeez. You know? Well, yeah, there, 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 there is that uh, element um, to it. Um, so, yeah, you know, and I'm looking down to see see if we got any other news. Um, well, Sci-Fi Channel's got a few space shows coming out. They've got... Um, They've got a, they've got a movie coming com, coming soon called Ascension, and it's going to star Battlestar Galactica's Trisha Helfer. Right. So that that's interesting, um, and it's also interesting that they're they're doing more space shows. It's almost as if they you know they've been watching um, you know what other other shows have been doing, and they're trying to sort of take on you know the Marvel you know trying to take on CW and stuff by by, yeah. by giving giving a space opera well i think they've combined enough animals and they've run out of spider movies and sharktopus movies to true. go down that road true although i actually like shark sharktopus i think sharktopus um, is is worthy of oscar consideration i will say that's the only sci-fi movie i've ever purchased yeah, what sharktopus Yes. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I've actually been tempted to rent it on, um, on, on the VL, VOD on the um, on, on PlayStation here. Yeah, it's, oh. it's the highest level of B level movie you'll ever see. Yeah, you know, so like, um, you know, I, I've all, I almost sat through one a couple, couple, couple of weeks ago, but I just couldn't quite bring myself to do it. <laughs> I, I just needed, you know, it's sort of like those sort of films are the kind of things that, you know, when I, when I was when I was younger, I used to come in drunk and quite happily watch. <laughs> but without the alcohol, they just don't work. No, they don't. <laughs> so, you know, but they're, they're fun, I suppose, but without the alcohol, they don't work. Yeah, I, I can't sit through them either, for the most part. Um, but you know it's um it's it's a lot it's 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 a lot of fun um so anything else um one one quick one this was a, a major major passing in the comic book world and publishing world um he was 88 years old i don't know if you've ever heard of al feldstein um not off the top of my head he was a artist for the old ec comic books of the infamous 1950s weird science 
Weird Fantasy Tales from the Crypt. He was one of the artists for that, but he's more famous for he took over Mad Magazine and was the editor of Mad Magazine for 20 years and brought it up to the levels that everybody's familiar with that magazine for. And um, passed away last week. He was 88 years old. Heaven help us, we should all live as long as he did. But he really changed the place of um, comic books and humor magazines. I mean, that was the gold standard, Mad Magazine, there for 20 years under his under his reign. Wow. I mean, so, I, I actually bought a few Mad Magazines back in the day. Yeah, and it's it, he was the one who hired everybody you're familiar with. Um, he took over after Hart's, Harvey Kurtzman left the book who started it. And it was Al Feldstein who made um, Alfred E. Newman the cover boy. He hired so many people and brought them onto the book. And he's the one that kept advertising out of it for the longest time. Cool. So major major person, major loss in the world, but what a terrific guy Al Feldstein was. Another quite big loss in the world, I uh, can't remember the actor's name, but the, uh, the voice actor that uh, played Alfred in the Batman animated series also died oh, last week. Oh yeah, F- Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. passed away. Yeah. He, he passed away as well. So Right, He's, he was famous in America for doing a show in the uh, 60s called um, Sun- 70, uh, Sunset Strip. Yeah, I think I've seen, I think I've seen an episode or two of that. Yeah, it's, it's on TV occasionally but Sunset Strip's pretty popular, but that's where he got famous, and then he came back uh, came back up through uh, the ranks there doing uh, Alfred for so long on Batman. Yeah. Is that Sunset Strip a cop show? Um, it had, he was the police officer, but involved two teenagers cruising up and down the uh, the beaches there and just solving crimes and stuff and helping people out. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I do remember it now. Yeah. It was, a, it was an all right 60s thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, something like a... You know, I don't remember it being on in the sixties, obviously, but I, I, right. think, I think they, I think, I think BBC probably got hold of a few episodes back in the eighties and reran them or something. Right, I'm, I'm sure they're on the internet. It's famous for having a character named Kooky on the show, and he had a pop song written about him called "Kooky, Get Me Your Comb" that was a big hit for a while. <laughs> who'd have thought? Okay, yeah, who'd have thought? Anyway, thanks for joining us, Pat, and um, you know we, we we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks' time when we do the do the big Star Wars knife show that we're gonna gonna do um, on on um, on our three six knife channel when we get that up and running. Cool, can't wait. Yeah, I, I can't wait either. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, but now I guess it's time for our interview um, with Sir Sashin Sahal from the um, new CW series uh, the One Hundred. So we'll be back at you right after this. 97 years ago, a nuclear apocalypse killed everything on Earth, leaving the planet simmering in radiation. But fortunately, not everyone was on the ground. For three generations, humans have survived up here. So now, we get to test the Earth to see if mankind can finally go home. only dreamed of setting foot on the ground, breathing real air. I'd like to welcome um, actor Sashin Sahel to the show. Um, he's um, he's one of the leading, uh, you know, leading stars in the new CW show, The 100. Uh, how are you doing, uh, Sashin? I'm doing good, brother. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. It's so, like I've been kind of looking forward to you know speaking to you. I've not seen the show, but seen a few trainers, and it looks looks really interesting. 
because obviously, you, you know, the series it hasn't hit here in the UK yet. Yeah, it should be coming there, actually. I heard, uh, uh, I think, July or August um, on uh, E4, is it? Um, yeah, it probably will be E4. Um, or one yeah, of it will we... be. Yeah, it, in July or uh, August, I heard it is definitely coming up there. You guys will get a chance to see it. It is uh, uh, an amazing show. It's so much fun to be a part of. Good. Well, I should imagine it will probably be E4, because E4 are actually showing for tomorrow people at the moment. Um, which yeah, is... definitely. Then it will, it will be E4. Yeah, I just forgot the name of the network, but that's definitely what it is. Where, where Sky One shows Arrow, um, on, on our channels, we've got so many channels here, it's just uh, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> you know, you, you, no, you, it's good, y'all got good TV, you should have many channels. Yeah, you can never find anything to watch, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have the, you have the same problem. I'm, I'm glad there's some Netflix now, I can just sit around. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I've been doing, I've been catching up on a few shows on Netflix. Um, um, I've read a little bit about you, um, and um, I learned I learned that you've kind of gone into acting from having studied psychology. And um, I'm just wondering, how did that come about? And uh, do you think your background in psychology has actually helped you to uh, get under the skin of the characters that you play on television? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, I uh, initially I, I knew I wanted to be an actor for a very long time growing up. Uh, it's just something that I mean, I was looking back at my two like grade two report cards, and it said, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" and my Mine always said actor, regardless of anything. Um, but my parents really wanted me to go to university and see if there's anything else that I wanted maybe to do before that. They said they're totally cool with it. I'm so glad that they, they chose to do that because it definitely helped. Uh, I think I look at the career a little more intelligently now as, as a business. But anyways, um, uh, I went to university and basically I took psychology initially just because that was that was the course I could take while allowing me to take as many drama classes on the side as I could in university. Um, but it ended up being pretty, pretty uh, serendipitous because uh, definitely in psychology, you definitely get the reason why they are the way they are. And mm -hmm. that definitely helps with any character that you're doing. Uh, it really helped. And then as soon as I graduated, I moved on to Vancouver and then I found a great acting coach and uh, things went from there. Cool. I mean, I, I studied drama myself when I, when I was in college way back. And, um, oh, unreal. You know, and, um, I've also I've also kind of been acting on and off since I was about four. <laughs> so, that's, that's unbelievable. Anything I could see you on? Uh, not rings. So, you know, I, I um. Um, I was involved in a theatre company when I was in my late teens, and um, and we 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 did a we did a play that actually wound up being televised um, as part of um, the Celebration Northwest program. Um, but I've not really done 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 to you know, done any television since then. It's not like it was mostly uh, I was mostly doing stage work and 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 oh, such. Um, so, or I kind of uh, once once I hit my mid twenties, I decided I didn't really want to take it any further and just just moved into doing this sort of thing I'm doing now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Any, any any sort of uh, any sort of entertainment medium is, is is awesome to me. It's fun. And I'm also teaching. I'm also learning to play guitar at the moment. I'm it's going like I'm, I'm taking lessons, but I'm also teaching myself. Okay. <laughs> I get so all... you're just, you're just you're just doing everything. Um, yeah, I kind of like to dip my toe in and, and try and get a little bit of everything. You know, life's too short to uh, just be doing one thing all, all your life. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I love self improvement. I love uh, I love just trying to learn everything. There's so much to learn. Might as well try to learn something. Mm -hmm. Um, I've actually noticed that you've uh, you know that. Prior to getting your role in in the hundred, you you actually uh, you actually had some pretty cool guest roles on on shows such as um, Arrow and Fringe. Um, 
How how do you find working on those on, on those sets? Sorry, and um, and what as an actor do you think you took away from your from from your experiences on those shows? Because the, the you know Fringe and Arrow two very different shows. Yeah, you know uh, it's it's funny because uh, every time you go on set, uh, you're obviously trying to focus on what you're doing and your character and 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 make it as real as possible. But what's great to see is everybody else's, the, the stars of the show, um, uh, the, the way that it's run, the direction. You can see different processes, and you can even learn from that. I mean, I try to learn on every set I'm on, and, and uh, you can watch the, watch the people on Fringe. You can watch, uh, you know, Joshua Jackson, who's Canadian, you know, watch what his process looks like. You can watch on Arrow, you know, the DML, and then uh, just watch how they get into the roles, what they're like off camera, how they prepare. The show I'm on right now, The 100, is phenomenal because I get to watch. I'm, I'm up in the arc, which is with uh, Paige Turco, Isaiah Washington, and Henry Ian Cusick. And these people have done it all, and they're so talented that uh, I just get to watch them work, and, and I can't help but learn just mm-hmm. by watching them. So it's, uh, that, that's definitely a great part of being on these different sets. Yeah, wow, Henry Ian Cusick, eh? You know, he's a, he's a brilliant actor. I remember him, I remember oh. him on Lost. He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, I watched Lost uh, religiously. He's, uh, he's so good. And you know what? He's, uh, the, he's a great, great guy. He's funny. He's always making jokes. I mean, he's always trying to... He keeps the he keeps the set alive. Um, Paige, uh, Isaiah, and him are just uh, great, beautiful people. Uh, it's so much. It's it's really a blessing to work with them every day. But he, yeah, he's, he's definitely a little bit of a, a trickster. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. Yeah, um, I I read somewhere that uh, you like to watch uh, Back to the Future at least once a year, and that you are also a big fan of nineteen nineties television. Uh, what show stood out for you? Uh, you know, from from nineties nineties TV. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, and growing up, you always watch like uh, I mean, all those movies. I, I mean, I watch I watch Back to the Future, Star Trek. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty big dork. Uh-huh. Um, but when it comes to TV shows, I mean, uh, it was mostly those uh, family shows that ring ring uh, come to my head in the forefront. Like, I mean, you got like Fresh Prince. You know, Family Matters, Full House, Boy Meets World, um, all this stuff. I watched a lot of uh, cartoons. Like, uh, those X-Men cartoons were amazing. The Batman cartoon. When you're growing up, those were just... 90s TV had something else to it. It was just... It, they all had, had a lot of soul. They put so much effort into it. And I think we're finally getting back to something like that. I mean, they were very family-oriented. You know, we had friends, mm-hmm. Seinfeld. It was, just, it was a great time. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. Because, you know, I think, you know, I, I found that, you know... TV through most of the early part of two thousands, it tend to, tended to go really dark and gritty, and uh, I got you know for, for quite a lot of time sort of thing. So you know I, I agree with you. I mean I, I was raised in the eighties, so I've got a lot of there's yeah. a lot of shows from the eighties that I loved. Um, yeah, like 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 what? Give me give me a couple. Oh, um, well, I loved all the cheesy stuff like T.J. Hooker, The Far Guy, The Dukes of Hazard, um, you nice, know, nice. stuff like that. And, no, I mean, TV back then was, uh, it was, I mean, it's different now because now they're trying to tell real, real stories, which is awesome. But back then it was just more about kind of fun and just joking around and a lot of sitcoms and like, I mean, they even had Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, which is, I love that show. And it's just, it's Superman, but, but in like such a light hearted, fun way. Yeah, and um, you know Terry Hatcher back then was a um, you know she still is, but back then she was really real easy on the eye. <laughs> oh, Terry Hatcher is beautiful to this day. Mm-hmm. I I have a I have a huge crush on Terry Hatcher. I think I will forever. Yeah, I I, I developed a crush on her when she was in MacGyver. You know, she had a recurring <laughs> role in MacGyver. <laughs> 
I love it. I love seeing. I love seeing stars in those uh, those those first roles that they had. It's mm. so much fun. Yeah, and you know, um, if if they if they were going if they're going to remake um, a nineties or eighties TV series and uh, they offered you one of the leading roles in it, uh, which one would you like it to be, and and uh, what role do you think you think you'd go? That is. That is a great question. Uh, you know, if they were to redo, like a, like a Friends, if they were, let's say they were to redo a Friends, I would love to do a uh, a, a Chandler or a Rob. I think I have, I have enough nerdism and random neuroticies that I could do something with that. Cool. Yeah. But that would be a lot of, I think it would be a lot of fun to be on a sitcom. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, those, those, guys are, those guys are amazing. Just to even try to do what they do would be crazy. But to yell my sandwich as loud as I could would just be worth everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think also the best thing about a sitcom Sitcom is you don't have to be devastatingly handsome or good looking, which means even I'd have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could do it regardless. I think you have a very budding acting career with your new guitar ability. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I could play a, a drug-addled rock star with his teeth falling out. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, no, that, that's when it's real. That's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, your current acting acting role um, is 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 on the new CW series, The Hundred, which has been airing for the past few weeks in the states. Um, what can you tell us about the series, um, and and what role do you play in it? Uh, well, it's it's set 97 years after after the nuclear apocalypse. Uh, I basically killed everything on Earth. We live in this space station above Earth called the Ark. Now, uh, because we have such little supplies, we have a draconian philosophy that if you do break the law, you are we have we have an immediate death penalty. Um, we do not want to kill minors. So what we do is we have um, if you break the law and you're under 18, you're put in a holding cell until you're 18 to be reevaluated. Now we just found out we have about three months left of oxygen on the ark. So what we're doing is we are sending the 100 juvenile delinquents back down to Earth to see if it's habitable again, because uh, it wasn't supposed to be habitable for the next 100 years. And then it just goes crazy. Uh, it goes insane. I play Dr. Jackson, who's a doctor on the ark. I'm the main apprentice to Paige Turco, who is uh, the head doctor on the ark. Um, and basically, we're just there to try to take care of everybody, make sure everybody's okay and living. And uh, it, it's her project to send the hundred to the ground. So, mm-hmm. um, so you're, you're kind of the evil overseers to the hundred that are on the ground, running through little mazes and like hamsters in a, in a in a scientific laboratory. There aren't actually no mazes or anything on the, on Earth. We don't even know what's there. Oh. We haven't lived there for a hundred years, so we're just standing there to see if maybe we can get there, get back there one day. Oh, cool! So it could actually it could actually be inhabited by uh, dinosaurs, for all you know. <laughs> it could be. For all we know, it could be. There could be anything there, and uh, the stuff that happens is uh, pretty pretty awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've seen a few, I've seen a couple of trailers for it online because I was trying to trying to find out some information about it this afternoon. Um, it doesn't seem to be as well publicized as, say, Arrow or the Tomorrow People. So, you know, so like it was kind of a, it was a little bit of a task, but it, it kind of, it looks like quite a dark premise for a CW show. It is, it, it is a, it, you know what, it's, it's, a, it's a show that doesn't pull its punches. It's real. It's trying to literally see what these people would have to go through if these were their circumstances. And, uh, uh, as a guy, like you said, we watch you and me. We watch a lot of TV. This show is. If I wasn't on the show, I would watch it every week. I'd be waiting every week for it. It's it's uh it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Just to, every week we'd get a script and we're thinking, how do these writers and how do these guys come up with the stuff that they've come up with? Because it's uh it's really something different. Yeah. Um. I've I've read I've read that you're um you're you're a huge you're a huge Bollywood fan growing up and uh, you you still are. Um. 
you know, what would you say is the, what, what, what's the appeal for Bollywood for you? And do you think we'll ever see any more Bollywood-style productions made in English language for, for Western cinema? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the greatest thing about Bollywood movies back when I was growing up again with the 90s era is that they uh, they just tried to show as much joy and love and uh, optimism in those movies. That's what those movies are about, overcoming any sort of negativism um, and, and, and love stories. I mean, I guess that's, that's, that's most of them what they are. That's how those stories are told. But uh, they just always had such so much so much heart and so much soul in them. It was hard not to just completely fall in love with them. Um, and you know, I mean, their 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 movies, their Indian movies, played a lot in uh, cinemas here in uh, Canada and, and as well as the U.S. They play a lot of them, and they they do fairly well um, in terms of transferring them over. I mean. It just depends which ones connect with the people. I mean, because it is a foreign market, so ones that necessarily connect with people, maybe maybe they'll get over here. We had one nominated for an Oscar about a couple years ago, uh, and uh, some get talked about here and there. But, I mean, I, it's just it's a different culture, and it's kind of a different market, and they're saying different things. So uh, hopefully one day we can do a crossover, but we'll see what happens. Mm. So I, think, I think they have made a couple of attempts, um, you know, in, in, in British cinema. I think that, that they tried to do one on Pride and Prejudice a few few years back, and... Um, and I think it did fairly well, but you know, I'm I'm not sure because I, you know, I I've um, I've seen they used to show Bollywood films on Channel Four here in the UK. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, um, I I could never really follow them because the uh, subtitles um, and missed all the music and all the colour and everything that was going on were going to going by way way too fast for the time of evening that they put these things on. And and um, oh, no. you know you couldn't really keep up if you if you you know yeah you know you know it's it, yeah for sure I mean uh, but you you mean you it's like any it's like it's like an almost like any movie you find one that connects with you and you will you will find a way to you'll you'll like it because it'll it'll connect with something that's uh, inside you you know maybe necessarily these movies just whatever the story was or whatever just necessarily to connect with you you know mm-hmm. I think it's like just it's like uh, it's like anything yeah do you, do you think storylines from the hundred would actually work if done in a Bollywood film. Uh, Hmm. Well, I think it would be different uh, it, because, well, because the hundred is set so long after the after after the nuclear apocalypse, and so we're all living together, different cultures, different generations on this arc. I mean, it would have to be very similar because it would have to show every race and every possible person. Uh, it could just be one country, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bollywood would have a very different take on it. It would be hard to do musicals on the arc when you're running out of oxygen. But I mean, it, it would it would find a way to make it work. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a fan as a fan of the Bollywood genre, do you hope to someday act in in one of those type of films, a Bollywood film? Can you see yourself doing that? Oh, that would, it would be great. It would be so much fun. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm Canadian, so I'm, this is where I do act I'm in, in uh, Hollywood and, and uh, whatever. Uh, they're filming around here, but uh, if I ever do find my way to go east, I would love to find a way to do a Bollywood film. Mm-hmm. That would be great. I can bet. Well, you bet. You're a better person than me because I, I you know, I, I'm so I, I just sort of do a dad dance on a dance floor. I'm not, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, along, you'll be playing the guitar and I'll be dancing. We'll be a duo. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, maybe we can get some sitars in there as well, and um, a few, 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 few steel drums and bongos, and you know, really go for it. Oh, we are just we are going to we're going to tour the world, my friend. <laughs> Um, actually, um, you know, while still on on the subject of Bollywood, um, this was a few years ago, actually. But I, I actually read an article a few years back that they were actually planning to do a Bollywood version of um, Back to the Future. Um, I don't know whether he actually did it, but I'm just wondering if he was actually aware of that. I, I, 
I, I don't believe you for a second, but if they did, I would play the Brown Marty McGuire. No, just it's true. There was, an art, there was an article I found, I found it about, it was about four or five years back because, um, you know, I've been writing for the website for, for years and anytime you know some some something comes up related to a remake uh, whether it's uh, whether it's going to be uh, you know a european remake or something or an american remake of a british property or vice versa i'm i'm always on it and i found this story relating to um, a bollywood remake back to the future but i don't think it ever happened well if they ever if they ever do it i will audition i will be the first to put my name in for an audition for it yeah but i remember seeing an article and thinking hmm i could probably see that working because you know you, you could actually uh put in a few musical numbers into back to the future oh totally yeah. there's a there's a lot of huey lewis in the news in the original so maybe we'll just bring those guys back i mean you know you could even change the musical styles you know you can it's all like uh edgy and rock and roll while he's in the present and then then it goes back to a sort of like a 50s rock and roll vibe you know in in, in yeah, the 50s yeah, and, totally. and 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 in the future perhaps everyone everyone's song like every song in the pop charts has gone sort of like for a, a bollywood bollywood or an eastern flavor so you don't know you, know, yeah. you, could sort of like, you don't know they, they, they have so many choices if, if they remake it they make a back to future remake in a bollywood version the choices are endless yeah I, I'd, I'd be so into yeah. that you know yeah. maybe even a star trek one as well that, that that'd be that'd be a pretty cool one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe they should just start running the gauntlet of remaking all the sci-fi movies and see how it goes. That would be it would be fun to watch, regardless. Mm, Gremlins might be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, Gremlins, Bollywood Gremlins. Mm, don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> Don't feed them after midnight. Don't give them any naan after midnight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, is is there any other projects you've got um, ongoing? Are you, do you have any guest roles coming up or films coming up that you can talk yeah, about? Yeah, I just... I just finished actually filming uh, another role on Jamie Lee Curtis's pilot coming out. Uh, uh, well, we, uh, we just finished filming. Uh, I play a doctor uh, as well. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, the best friends of uh, one of the leads on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just finished doing a voiceover for uh, a new video game called Triad Wars, where I play a couple voices in that. Cool. Is that is that going to be is that going to be a console Sorry? game? Is that going to be a console game? PlayStation? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it should be on Xbox, I believe. Ah, uh, I don't I don't have an Xbox anywhere, and just PlayStation Four. <laughs> it might it might it might be PlayStation as well, actually. Uh, I'll have to double check for you on that. It's it, it's a it's a sequel to another game, um, Sleeping Dogs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Sashin, yeah. it's it's been it's been really great speaking to you, and uh, you know, best of luck with the uh, with the rest of uh, the hundred. Hey, thank you very much. And, I appreciate that. And and you're right. I can't wait for you guys to be able to. I can't wait for guys to be able to see it on the E4. Oh, and I'm, I'm so I'm I'm definitely going to check it out. You know, so like um, I'm just going to have to uh, sort of keep an eye on my TiVo and uh, and and set a series link or something to make sure that I, that I get to see it. Absolutely. Well, it's been great speaking to you, and it's been great talking about uh, a little bit of Back to the Future and nineties uh, television. Yeah, yeah, it's been. I'm always down to talk about '90s. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we, you know. So hopefully, we get to do do one of these again in the future, and we can sort of like reconnect over over '90s, and I can tell you my thoughts on um, on the hundred. Yeah, most definitely. That would be great, brother. Okay. Well, it's been great speaking to you. You have a great day. You too, man. Thanks a lot. to survive are very different things. 
This is the Emperor. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Eat it. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Join us, your hosts, Miles P. McLaughlin and Scott Herzog, as we serve up a delightful menu of science fiction interviews and news in the television, movie, DVD, and book world. Test your geek cred with trivia. Top off your meal with the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Come visit the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at scifidinerpodcast.com or subscribe to us in iTunes. We're serving up sci-fi from here to the end of the universe. Remember when science fiction drama envisioned stories that were happening where no one had gone before? Discovering and exploring other worlds far, far away. While many of these series and films became cult classics, somewhere along the way, this genre got lost. Imagine if there was a place where you could go watch exciting new space opera series made specifically for the niche audience that you are. Imagine if this place was conducted by a team as passionate as you about science fiction and who would use all their background experience to make sure you get the best entertainment possible. SOS is a not-for-profit independent production facility that brings together writers, special effects wizards, and other creative talent from around the world who've worked on some of the most recognizable and respected science fiction franchises. So throw away your remote control and get real control by joining the Space Opera Society right now. With as little as one dollar, you can change the future of entertainment today. For more information, please visit our website. Which is, of course, spaceoperasociety.com. Where all your questions will be answered in our frequently asked questions page. And don't miss our short video presentation from some of our space opera series in development. I'm going to step off the limit. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hi there, this is Robert Leeshock from Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict, better known as Liam Kincaid, and you are listening to SFP Now. The fate of humanity now relies on those who dare challenge the future of Earth. And that about wraps things up for uh, this show. Um, from from here on in, you're gonna you, you'll be able to catch us on our new station at um, Three Six Five Live. Um, we will so I'll be posting details of that on the um, on, on, on the sci-fi pulse radio.com blog page um, as well as sci-fi pulse.net on how you can how you can access that but um, I'd like to thank you all for listening and all those that have been getting us through Gibson uh, thanks for all the support and um, you know please um, if you feel inclined follow us to the uh, to the new channel when we get up and running um, well that's it for now um, it's goodbye from us the world all-